Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Hello and good afternoon. Good morning. Hello, everyone. Hello. <laughs> How is life? Oh, you know, just a regular potpourri of things. A little quiet yesterday. Um, I spent the day on, uh, I'm not a great reader, so to make sure that I don't start something that I can't finish, I just read mm. a book through cover to cover, an ebook, so liter- figuratively. Um, yeah. A publication by a great sex therapist, Cindy Darnell, and this book is called Sex When You Don't Feel Like It, and it is a mm-hmm. book for folks who experience mismatched libido, and you know I like that topic. So it was good. <laughs> it provoked a lot of stuff in me, so that was great, and I'm going to keep digesting it. So I've been doing my homework over this weekend, having oh, some quiet good. time. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Good times, good times. Yes. Um, may I say you look in so much better a state because... <laughs> Last week, you were barely clothed, your hair was up because I'm sure you were just dripping sweat all over and you were like, done with it. And now you get to be in a long sleeved shirt and your hair is down. You look just so much more comfortable. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Yeah, it's a lot more bearable this week, I have to say. A lot more bearable. It was nice at the weekend though. We had some nice weather as well and got some time in the garden. And I went on a lovely yoga retreat day on Saturday. So that's probably why I'm looking quite mellow and chilled right now. are looking super mellow mm, oh my gosh yeah enough downward dog to have beaten the stress was out of you a lot of downward dog yeah <laughs> but yeah no it was good it was really good um nice. did some yin yoga as well um realized uh, how hard that is oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay i thought this was gonna be better <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome but yeah no it was really good really good nice to just um have a day where you can just dedicate to doing some lovely um journaling some nice food some yoga it was very nice oh beautiful wonderful yeah oh great to hear awesome yes so was your brain melted or did you get to the relationship desk of love for some of that juicy content I've got a little, little story for you this week so okay all right um, yeah so um talking about dating this week in the uh, on the love desk mm-hmm. so over half of all brits say that they have a type when it comes to dating with 58 percent admitting that they avoid dating anybody who doesn't fit their overall criteria so this poll was done and it's and was asking about kind of desirability and it boiled things down to physical characteristics such as um, hair, colour, height, body size, that sort of thing. So apparently brunettes outperformed blondes across both genders as the um, the ideal um, partner. And height still remains and um, still remains something that's important to a third of all women. But then in a little twist, it says, interestingly, a third of Brits are currently in long term relationships with somebody who does not fit their usual dating type. So it says it's not it's not unsurprising that people have got preconceived ideas about their type. But um, it is unfortunate that this can be a barrier to finding love. So people can really kind of close off. But there's got to be something that is switching that around because it go, then goes on, which this is a bit confusing, to say, in fact, 
the fact that almost one in four of those in a relationship are with partners who do not typically reflect their preferences just proves that this can that our kind of tendencies can be unreliable oh it's interesting because i don't know if that's it the is. case wouldn't you like to sort of find out longitudinally if these people who are with somebody who's not their type do they stay in their relationship or do they leave their relationship at some point so what is the outcome of the relationship mm. or the quality or happiness score in the relationship if you're with somebody who you identify as your type versus if you're not I think yeah I would be interested in that but I also think it's really really interesting isn't it the things that we kind of have on a list of being the things that are important to us and I bet that the things that we think that are important to us actually aren't the things that are important to us which is why you can often get relationships where you've got people where you think, God, I would never put them together. Yep. But then when they are together, they're like amazing mm-hmm. because there's something else behind it. So they're not maybe what they would initially have been attracted to isn't what has drawn them together. And then there's something in that magic that works between them. Ah, So we are the, with the people that we need, not the people that we want. Yeah. Interesting. I'd love to see if that was the case, or does it mean that so many of us are not standing up for what we actually deserve and we're settling? I'm just being, I'm just being devil's advocate here. Yeah, no, I think we've got unrealistic expectations when it comes to partners. Oh, unrealistic. Yeah. And then I think, so then when we are then, you know, the the third of people who are with people then that don't meet the criteria, is it just that they've gone for something that's a bit more realistic? Oh, right. It's really easy, isn't it, to have like a big massive long list of all the things that you think are are really super important, all the things that they've got to have. And actually, the reality is they're not the things that you need at all. I think you're right. (laughs) You know, as as we study relationship more and more, like the mysteries of the thing that none of us were actually taught how to do or Mm. certainly not do well, um, we realize that the recipe ingredients are probably a lot more boring than a certain eye color or income level or, yeah, way of pronouncing tomato or tomato. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. That's actually really cool. Okay. All right. Third. Okay. I'm trying to think of, yeah. I remember my sister um, saying that she just loved a guy's kneecaps, a guy with sexy kneecaps and a guy who looked, yeah. (laughs) Seriously. I've never heard of that. Oh yeah. It was her favorite part. Yeah. That in addition to guy, like a guy in in sweatpants was like the hottest thing, but the kneecaps were a big thing. And so maybe like she starts off in life being like, I need to find a guy with a great set of kneecaps. And now she's like, maybe his way of communicating. <laughs> yeah, I just want to be able to trust him. <laughs> I want him to do the things he says he's going to do. <laughs> Show up and do the things that yeah. you said you were going to do. Totally. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Well, thanks for kicking us off, Sarah. That's great. I think it, that is going to yeah. lead well, possibly into some things that come up. <laughs> it most definitely is. Yeah. So let's um, let's take that cue and uh-huh. jump to the hot topic. Okay, okay, jumping up. So today's hot topic is why is the divorce rate so high? Ah. Maybe because you didn't pick the right partner in the beginning. <laughs> right? The kneecaps. <laughs> they were important. <laughs> 
you were looking for the kneecaps and you should have been looking for something else. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it is indeed. It is indeed. Mm. Um, lots of different countries with different stats, et cetera, but the divorce rate is super high. Um, you know, if you look at Canadian stats, which I cannot really make heads or tails of because I really just took three seconds looking at them. Our divorce rates have been falling, but our common law partnerships have been rising. So less and less people are getting married. Okay. All right. <laughs> They're like, oh, we're not even going to take that Russian roulette game. We're just going to yeah. like bypass totally. So really divorce rates are high <laughs> so much so that people are like, maybe we shouldn't even do this. Mm. Um, it's probably yeah. turning some people off. Just the, uh, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, if you look at it in general, it's kind of like 50, 50 chance, isn't it? That you're going to really end is. up in divorce. Um, yeah. and you know, some countries are higher than that. Some countries are lower than that, but it's kind of, you know, it's about that kind of 40, 50% mark. Mm -hmm. And, um, so yeah, you know, you've got half a chance of survival. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty crazy odds, so, hey? Yeah, so when you think about it like that, like then you, you do start to kind of question, and I can understand why people would question, mm -hmm. you know, whether to actually embark on it in the first place. Oh, yeah. And I think the pandemic really like threw a huge... So apparently the divorce rates really dropped from 2019 mm. to 2020, but then have been like surging. And really it was just yeah. because the, the courts were closed and we couldn't get divorced. Or in a more serious sense, there were people literally trapped in lockdown yeah. with spouses where it was not safe or feasible to leave. Yeah. So there's a lot of making up for lost time now. And yeah. now d new divorce laws in the UK, right? In terms of allowing yeah. a no-fault yeah, divorce. Yeah, so no-fault. Yeah, yeah, no-fault divorce. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so that's a big thing. Yeah. 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 So curiously, women are now leading the charge for divorce, like in a huge fashion. Some 76% of divorces are initiated mm. by women. So this is like... Yeah. <laughs> what have yeah. you what what's your take on divorce trends and and where we're headed? I think some of that in terms of women kind of taking the lead will be around people, you know, um you're more likely to have women who are in jobs and they've got more financial security to be able to do it. I think, you know, divorce rates years ago were very very low because you didn't have that you, you didn't have the financial means to separate you mm -hmm. were kind of you you were locked into this marriage and um I'm kind of thought you know there was a there was a societal um attitude that actually you just make do with things mm -hmm. um you just put up with it and um you know you make the best of your situation you made your made your bed you lie in it mm. um so I think attitudes and, and approaches I think financial situations a lot of things were just so different um you know when we go back you know, to 1920s or, you know, eras like that. So you've got, and slowly over that time, attitudes have changed, but also so has the um, the position that we're in financially. Mm -hmm. You've got a lot more dual income families. So mm -hmm. you're both going out to work. So therefore you've got more ability to be able to support yourself after a divorce. Absolutely. So I think that has a big bearing on it as well. But I think that... The, you know, the, the, there's other things as well, isn't there, around kind of your family history. So if your family were divorced, then there's there's a higher chance that you'll end up getting divorced in a marriage because you've not mm -hmm. seen a certain way of a marriage being. 
um, you know, you get a lot of people whose um, parents have been married for kind of years and years and years and they're still devoted to each other, absolutely love each other. And those people who come from those families, I hear it time and time again. I just want what my mum and dad have got. Mm. That's, you know, but then when you've got a family that that has been divorced, if you come from divorced parents, then you've not seen that to aspire towards it. And there's more chance then that you're going to walk away from a relationship that's not working for you. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. I think things, though, are are shifting probably faster than what we have as role models. And it points to actually your your point is that more and more, more women are working outside the home and we have our income and so forth. But like what is probably... I mean, I don't think that women are heartless souls where we're like, oh, we're making our own coins. So now we get to, you know, like we have a very little tolerance. I think that... We are very romantic and hopeful mm. um, people. And we go into to marriage not just because of sort of a financial gain or so forth or security, but yeah. because we want something heightened, elevated, and existential, um, which I think that the default parenting trend is is the huge thing. And, and what I notice, especially like among physicians, like women physicians, is there is so much of the parenting and household duties that still fall on the woman in a heterosexual mm. relationship that despite maybe her going out in the home and making a six-figure income, and mm. yet she's still the main breastfeeding and diapers and figuring out doctor's appointments. And it's just literally the default parenting and just the disproportionate, um, you know, allotment of of duties still mm. falling on the woman's shoulders, I think is the biggest heartbreak. And... Which certainly but, happened in the pandemic. Yeah, and I think that's because women are just generally more organized people, right? And, yeah. I'm, and I'm generalizing there because clearly some women aren't and some, some men are much better organized. But I know if, between me and my partner, like I would have a kind of a list and a spreadsheet and a plan for every bloody thing that we do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even just going on holiday, you know, I've got kind of everything um, right, we need to, to do this by this date, like, and I'm always planning ahead. So I'm always focused on where do we need to be in, you know, six months time or whatever, and then what do we need to be doing now? Because things take a lot longer than you than you think uh, they're going to. Yep. My other half would that <laughs> not enter his head whatsoever at all. He'd just be like, well, everything will work out. And mostly it does because I'm working it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they're, they're different approaches, right? And like, you know, he'll say, look, I've got to this age and, and, I've, and I've always fared okay. So why would, you know, why would change and that be any, any different? Yeah. So I think that we are just naturally have a more of a tendency to organize things and want things to be kind of, you know, planned and scheduled. And yeah, <laughs> yeah have a clipboard and a spreadsheet and all the other beautiful things that I use to run my life. Sure. And organized. It's also, and also for, for folks who are like just kind of off the cuff, it's the ability to multitask and to Mm. have a lunch hour and be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to bang out five different sort of admin tasks. And I've worked with men and they're like, I don't do admin. I take lunch. Yeah. Or men who are like, I have times when I'm not thinking about anything yes that's my not thinking time (laughs) and it's just it's a different way of brains working like you know I've noticed that there's like Mm. boxes and only one thing fits in the box and then we move on to another time block and there's one thing fitting in that box whereas women 
for some reason, uh, you know, nurture nature, who knows, but it's just needing to do multiple things and keep multiple balls up in the air at that one time. Yeah. It just kind of seems to be our natural skill, which mm. is both a blessing and a curse. Yeah, it is. And I think when, when you know, when we think about marriage and divorce and, and it's okay if you've got maybe kind of balance in other areas as well. So I think it's about looking at the total relationship and it's also about looking at your natural preferences but then trying to balance things so that there is some fairness. So I think a lot of the time we end up with such a high divorce rate because we don't talk about the tough stuff mm. and we don't talk about some of the little things that matter and then build up to the tough stuff so we rather than um than having a difficult conversation we'll shy away from it Mm -hmm. and instead we take on some of these things that we don't want to take on um or we take them on over too much of an extended timeline so that it becomes the norm and that was never the view that you meant to get into and we get locked into these positions and relationships but then we feel like we can't then say, hang on a minute, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. This wasn't how I expected it to be. I don't think we talk about expectations before we go into a relationship. We just enjoy all the lovely beautifulness that happens at the start. Mm-hmm. And then never really kind of dig deep on any of those, you know, those thoughts and feelings that are coming up about about the future or what it might look like. Oh, we don't even know what those things are. And that's why I usually run this relationship contract exercise with my clients, which is to get even aware for yourself of the Mm. untold and unconscious expectations you have. There's so many people who are like, you know, this thing is broken in our relationship. And I just want this one thing. I don't think I ask Mm. for much. I'm really low maintenance, but just this one thing. And it's the only the one thing that I don't get. My partner wants to please and satisfy me and a lot of other ways, but this one thing is just the thing that I'm not getting, or it could be help around the house. You know, Mm. um, some people would say, look, I get that I'm going to be the person who's always organizing, but I, and you know, my favorite, I want more intimacy and I'm not even getting that. So I'm not getting anything. Um, Mm. our expectations, I think that we, we are not clear about what we would compromise and sort of negotiate on if we could really like it, we don't prioritize even for ourselves. Like what's our really big mm. need? And do we need to yeah. get that from our partner or from our relationship? Can we get some of that from ourselves? Yeah. But I would say that I think we all have a really dominant need that we don't communicate. Just like you say, mm. it goes unfulfilled or the other person simply can't match it or meet it or in the way that we expect. And that's the thing. It's like this one need that yeah. we all have leads to the demise of the marriage. But I think the the big thing there is about not understanding each other's position as well. Hmm. So when it comes to things like that, we're looking at it from our position and it's all external. So it's all, they're not doing this, they're not doing that. If they would just do such and such, we don't stop and say, hang on a minute, what is it that I do that maybe my partner doesn't like? What is it, where is it that I'm kind of rubbing him up the wrong way Mm -hmm. um, because of the things that I do, you know? on the other side of being kind of organized and being the one that's doing anything is is control right so where is it then that you know maybe your partner thinks well actually I wish that sometimes you would just let go of control a bit Uh like let's not plan everything to the nth degree there is always two sides to every viewpoint and we we automatically look at it from our position and go they're not doing this they're not doing that we never stop to say 
what is it that I do that really pisses you off? You know, like, where is it that I can change? Totally. And a lot of parents, a lot of moms will be like, oh, default parenting. My partner is just not on board, not Mm. showing up. But if the rules of the game were solitarily made, and I see a lot of that with moms, it's like, my way or the highway, I'm the mom, I get to call the shots, but you're yeah. totally alienating your husband. They don't have buy-in, there's no co-creation yeah. of the plan, and they're just kind of um, kind of a reluctant employee, and you're mm. being the manager. And um, But the, the heart, you're right, I'm noticing that for... But ter- then where's the respect in the relationship? How, how, yeah. how are we respecting each other in those situations? Uh, we have to let go of the control. That is so mm-hmm. like unless we help our unless our partner has a co-creation role in in stuff that we do, they're not going to be bought in and they're not going to participate. Yeah, and they're going to wait for direction as opposed to actually taking the lead. Mm. So true. Yeah, it's yeah. We're going though, and we've got the, these kind of views, haven't we, about about how it's going to be and what's going to happen and we don't I don't don't think we stop to think about things enough Mm -hmm. I don't think we think about the enormity of going into a marriage no I don't think we go into it thinking um I think we we started with this view that yeah it's going to last forever but I don't think we go into it with a view of I want it to last forever and how do I make that happen so there's that bit at the end like how do I make sure that that is what happens we don't approach it in that way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Yeah, we we're just approaching it in the yeah, it's just going to work fairies. out. Fairies, yeah, like <laughs> it don't yeah. happen. Oh my god. Yeah, some magic fairies will just sort it out, or I'll just be an ostrich. I'll put my oh, head yeah. down here for a bit, and we'll stay married forever. Oh god. And and this is something that I tell clients, and I I found other words for it by reading this book, Cindy Darnell's um, book is, you know, however you do it, communication, whether it be Mm. verbally, physically, interpretive dance, you know, whatever sort of language, whatever dialect that you want. (laughs) I I have to say, I'd like to see the interpretive (laughs) dance of, um, I'm really pissed off right now. Wouldn't that be great? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and there and you can and you can do that you can do that but you have to choose some language you do have to choose some language and I think yeah it the hardest thing is getting started with any communication yep. and you know what can be really useful is even sitting back to back so you can't see each other oh. um or sitting on the outside of, of of a room so you've got a wall between you but the door's open so you can still hear mm-hmm. so not like having some kind of you know space because sometimes it can just be the the hardest thing is talking to somebody face to face mm-hmm. you've got it which is why we always encourage people when we're working with them around communication is to as you say pick any method yeah. but just keep talking stay open yeah and keep having a conversation yeah you've got it one of the things i'm i'm coming to realize is that in our somewhat disposable culture, and I am a victim of, of that, where if something's not working, like, for example, I got this epilator by some mm. large company that I'm not going to mention their name. The epilator stopped <laughs> working. I drove it out to the repair shop. They said, these can't be repaired. The company is going to issue you a replacement. I thought, you know, there's been a lot of technology, a lot of resources mm. that have gone into this handheld, you know, back in the day, 40, 50 years ago, we didn't used to just buy a new one. We used to be able to fix things. And now yeah. electronics and appliances, they're no longer built to be fixed, which means we're just no. casting more and more things into landfills. Mm. 
So we are a product of that. And oftentimes our relationships are like that. You know, sometimes we have a starter marriage. It's not because the marriage was wrong or the person was wrong. It's just that we learned things too late. We were not able to, for some reason, to apply our newfound learnings of communication to our existing relationship because there was too much resentment build up and too much Mm. debris. So you move on to relationship number two, and that's when you really show up as more of an adult, more of a self-actualized person in communication. It's a shame that we'd have to go through the starter marriage, but sometimes mm. that's what divorce is. It is But sometimes just a you fresh need to start a main course on dessert to get it right. <laughs> that's true. Some people, some people go for a full five course. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. Especially if you're a celebrity, you just kind of, that's, that's kind of a magic wand to be like five mm. marriages. You're fine. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, it's, and again, we're not divorcing necessarily because the person is wrong or that we're wrong. It's that we are in a society where it's just easier to start over than it Mm. is to just dig in and really apply this lifelong learning. I know, but like I, I obviously coming from a coaching background, I have a massive problem with that because... Mm. You're only ever taking your issues from one relationship to another, to another, to another. If you never stop, press the pause button and actually deal with some of the shit that you're carrying around, you're never going to have a relationship that's going to fulfill you. True. Because there'll always be something else. So, and I say this to clients a lot. I'll say, you might not want to stay in the relationship that you're in now. And that's fine. There's no kind of hard or fast rules about it. But unless you fix the stuff that's going on, it's just going to follow you. And I think it doesn't there, go away. Yeah. Oh, no. But there can be a hybrid. I, I think that you're able to leave a relationship and divorce. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, sort of removing the shame. And of course, we neither of us have shame about divorce. But like, um, just saying, look, I had a role in where that marriage went. Yes. And I yes. want to work on that. But I also choose to end this one work on myself and pick up a new one. Oh yeah absolutely I'm not saying that you have to stay in the relationship I'm not at yeah, all yeah. what I am saying is that you have to do the work yeah, to, to the work, yeah. <laughs> come up with yeah. you know what is it that's gone on where is it that I've been interpreting something it's, it's really interesting I've had a few experiences recently where I've been kind of caught in the middle of um, relationships mm. and you see them play you know you've seen it play out for, for both parties and in that whole thing of just changing your perspective to look at well actually what is it that means for the other person Mm. because when you can see it so clearly this is what's great about coaching right you can see it so clearly when you're on the outside Mm -hmm. but you know full well that both parties cannot see what's right in front of them they cannot see the part that they're playing in the situation totally and sometimes we've got to be slightly tougher and point out some of those things yes that's our job as coaches, yeah. yeah. That's why people come up. They People sign up for a little bit of a beating. And I, I say, like, I'll beat the shit out of both of you for a while. And then we're going to, like, step back and create. <laughs> but the thing that I do promise with clients, especially if I'm coaching them as a couple, is I promise to beat you equally. With equal mm. with equal intensity on both sides. Different ways. Yeah. But you'll both get thrashing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why you hire me. And I have a client who commented, they're like, this isn't comfortable work. And that's why I'm here. Yeah. That's why yeah. you hire a, a coach not to be comfortable, not to not be mm. challenged. That's why, yeah. you, that's not why you invest money. Mm. Yeah. Like physiotherapy. It's, it's got to yeah. hurt, but not too much. <laughs> yeah. 
and not re-traumatizing. That's the, again, a big, no. a big uh, goal there. So why are divorce rates so high? Well, it's a combination of agency as well as a bit of throwaway culture, but ultimately it can also be an opportunity to learn and grow. Yeah. There's no kind of right or wrong, is there? Like, I know I'm conflicted because I am pro-marriage. I always have been. Mm -hmm. Um, However, I am divorced. So Mm -hmm. um, I'm clearly not that Um, pro-marriage. With a nuance. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and I do agree. You know, you should, we're all entitled to make whatever decisions we want. I think for me, just through kind of a process of, of, you know, self-development and self-awareness is... And this is why I why I got involved in the work that I do is because I want to help other people to have more, you know, make decisions out of choice rather than making them out of any sort of societal pressure, any fears. I want people to be as aware as possible about who they are as people mm-hmm. and the situations that they're taking on so that they make the best choices that they can and I know that that's not always possible because we're not not always you know we're not always gifted with that awareness but I'm passionate about trying to kind of open up some of that Mm -hmm. to be able to ask the right questions and and work on exactly where some of those pressure points are coming from Mm -hmm. to be able to diffuse them because I think that it's absolutely possible to do that yeah oh well stated yes yeah (laughs) way to way to get us off on a on an optimistic note and I believe you're right yeah yeah, yeah. so all right well <laughs> that was a hot hot topic oh, yeah. <laughs> would you um would you like a question yes let's go ahead so today's question my wife and I were separated Got a bit of a divorce and dating thing going on here. It looks, my, yeah. My wife and I were separated and I started dating someone. Then we got back together. But I still have really strong feelings for the other woman. I need some advice. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Super common. And and I think it's so, like a lot of times we're, we're straddling, we're not choosing a side, we're kind of keeping mm. both feet on both sides of fences. And we do that a lot. Mm. Yeah. So what do you think is going on here? I think there's a bit of kind of, there's a bit of fear of missing out. There's a view that the grass is greener on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was having a discussion at the weekend. The grass is not only, the grass is only green where you water it. Mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I think there's a viewpoint that this person has got a bit of a taste for somebody different and then there's a bit of a novelty factor in that as well isn't there mm-hmm. and then you go back to somebody who you've had a long-term relationship with I'm guessing it's been a long-term relationship mm-hmm. so they're more familiar and you, you know you kind of know more about what you get in but then you're still kind of thinking about this other you know special dessert that's over here and kind of I like tasting that one and so I think there's this kind of unwillingness to commit on either side and whether that's because they don't want to make the wrong decision mm-hmm. there's really this this view isn't there that relationships or finding somebody to be in a relationship with is, is difficult mm-hmm. so you hear this from people who are single all the time it's kind of like it's impossible you can't find anybody decent and I think there's a bit of fear then when you're in a relationship and this is sometimes what keeps people in relationships for a long time. So the average time that people are in unhappy relationships is six years before they get divorced. Mm. Wow. Um, yeah. 
since a long time, isn't it? And I think some of that is because they're terrified of being left on their own, being left on the shelf. You get all of these phrases, don't you? And maybe there's some of this coming into this relationship around, well, actually, maybe I'm, I've gone back to my wife, but I'm still not certain it's going to work out. And then I had a chance with this other woman. And then if, you know, by the time I've worked out that this relationship isn't going to work out and then I'm going to miss out on this other woman and then I'm going to be on my own. Oh. I don't know. Maybe there's some of that in it. You've got it. So... How does it serve somebody to not have to choose a side? How does it serve somebody to keep that little tasty fantasy, to continue to water that, not even fantasy, but that other option, keep that door open? Well, I I just don't think that it can serve you. I think it's destructive. I think when we don't make a commitment to a relationship, it's it's doomed. It's never going to work. We've got to, you know, you've, you've got to have both feet inside the camp. Otherwise you're always you're always just hedging your bets true but actually sometimes sabotage you know serves you um so you could say uh both women left me because i wouldn't choose a side that is a comfortable narrative but what would happen if i chose a side i gave up my all and i got rejected that's terrifying i think a lot of people don't want to choose a side because they're they're terrified of going all in committing getting their heart broken because mm-hmm. you, you never know, like you can't guarantee. And there's a lot of stories that people tell themselves yeah. they're not good enough and so forth. Yeah. A lot of people who are hedging their bets like this fundamentally don't believe that they're good enough for relationships. Mm-hmm. So if somebody's going to screw up the relationship, they're going to be the one to do it. They're not yeah. going to wait to be rejected. Yeah. Well, we talked about self-sabotage the other week, didn't we, on the podcast. So oh. it is, a yeah. And uh, yeah, and I can totally see that playing out, but I, uh, but you've got to choose a side, right? <laughs> like it's just not yeah. going to work otherwise. You've got to choose a side. I mean, I think yes. you know it's about having this kind of like distant dream or fantasy about something is only ever going to cause a a major distraction, which means you can't actually focus on the person that that's in front of you. What's interesting is the fact that this person has the the left, the separated. They then kind of had this relationship with somebody else, but they still made a choice to go back. So that would be my question. What is it that made you make the choice? You know, what was what was that decision based on? What swung it? Because there's something that has drawn you back to your wife. Now, depending on what that something is, will tell you whether the decision is the right decision or not. Totally. And they had their exit. They were free. They could have stayed yeah. with that other person. They could have gone with option C, which is neither of the above. They could have done all of those yeah. things. They were free. Yeah. yeah. But they made a choice to return. R- or not to proceed forward. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. So the curious thing, and I would get a little saucy here, like, why are you asking? Why do you want my, or anybody to uh, help Why you? do you want the approval? Yeah. Yeah. I'd get saucy because this person is wanting us. They're sort of expecting a certain answer. I'd be curious, like, what answer do you not expect to hear in the situation? Mm. What what answer do you not want to hear? Yeah, yeah. It's so funny because we we get tied up in this in the story, the option A and option B, but really the indecision and sort of outsourcing and and making somebody else responsible for this decision is really the biggest thing. And I, yeah, I've been absolutely. in this situation where. When you coach people around the options, you're just, you're getting dragged into their box because the bigger yeah. question lies like at, at a higher altitude, basically. Mm. Yeah. And we can't outsource big decisions in our life. We've got to make them. 
we've got to take responsibility. We've got to have ownership. Yeah. And I guess the other thing is, what's to say that either of these two are the option? Because really, I'm kind of hearing an an option C here, which is neither of the above. And what scares you or stands in the way of you taking a leap into the unknown yeah. and being single. And there'll be, there's that part that's holding them back, I think, in terms of lots of people, and I see, do see it more in men than, than I do in women, do not like being on their own. Yes. So they will not have yeah. a period of time when they're not in a relationship. It scares the bejesus out of them. You're right. You're right. So instead of that, they'll just bounce from relationship to relationship because they yeah. just don't, it's they prefer to have some companionship than nothing at all. That's a huge insight and I've seen it play out. Yeah. And I, I think in, in heterosexual relationships, I think that's what women really need to know is just because a guy came back to you isn't mm. necessarily because it's an active choice. It's because it's better than being alone. Yeah. And a man's relationship with being alone is not the same as a woman's relationship with being alone, yeah. by and large. I think that us yeah. women can really, really be okay if we mm. detect... W- w- we're often a lot, we're, we're a lot better off than we think at the conclusion yeah. of a relationship. We go through the grief, we go through all the, but you know, we pick up ourselves and we move on. We can put food yeah. on our plates and attend to the activities of daily living. And a lot of men really kind of fall apart and they don't take care. Like they, mm. again, I don't want to sort of go to gender stereotypes, but I've, I have seen a play out where sometimes men don't know what to do with themselves. Women are generally okay. We don't think that we're going to be okay, but generally we're a lot better off. Yeah. And we survive. We're we're kind of resilient. Human yeah. beings are resilient, but women women are really resilient. I blame childbirth. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Not you do gonna... that, you can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. And you know, and not to diss the the men who are tuning in and so so grateful for all the men that do tune in. I, I coach a lot of men and I I it's a it's my one of my favorite coaching spaces because mm. there's so much vulnerability and so much strength that if we yeah. can just sort of get around that you know expectation of toxic masculinity there's a beautiful amount of coaching that can happen but i do really mm. honor the women who feel so devastated at the end of a relationship but you know eventually move on to realize that they are going to be okay and going through mm. that stretch alone i've seen so many women just lean in and say what can i learn how do i get to know myself in a more enriched way yeah. how do I take this as an opportunity but I think there's a lot more openness in general from both sexes to start to explore um who we are as individuals yeah and what does it mean how can I, what can I learn what can I take away I always say you should take something away from every relationship oh there's yeah. something there's always something good it doesn't matter how even in the most terrible relationships and situations, there'll be something that you can take away from that. Mm-hmm. And you might not be able to take it away straight away because mm-hmm. um, sometimes we need some time to process and heal, but you'll take something away. If you look back and reflect on your kind of dating relationship history and actually kind of sat and did an exercise where you write down exactly what you took away from that re- each relationship, there'll be something in it. And all of that has, has added up and accumulated to make mm-hmm. you then the person that you are to then take forward to the next relationship mm. it's a really lovely exercise to do oh that's lovely mm. and that would be a great one to run in this case is imagine that you're looking at a new relationship either which way whether you choose yeah. option a option b or a, an option we don't even know about option c yeah. 
either way, it's going to be a new relationship because yeah. same person possibly, but it's a whole new day, right? But it's a new, yeah, it's a new beginning. Yeah. So you've had that separation and you've yeah. come back together by choice. By choice. So how do we, how do we, you know, go back to the hot topic? How do we make this relationship last? If, if this is what I'm choosing, yeah. how do we make it work? And how do I see nothing as a mistake? My past yeah. learnings, how do they contribute to how I want to show up this time? Yeah. And that yeah. might actually help you to create, because if you don't see a new path forward, a new day, mm. new potential and opportunity with a particular person, that's probably that's saying. That's quite telling. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Okay. Right. Well. That was a week, Sarah. That was a week. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. It's all awesome. fast it's fascinating stuff though, right? Like I love it. It love is, it. it is. And yeah. and again, just because I'm learning in step with my clients. Mm, like and stumbling yeah. and falling, that whole like learning from failure. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm failing all over the place and I love it. <laughs> <It's gotta laughs> so are my clients, and that's the beautiful <laughs> thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We're all taking away something. Oh yeah. We are indeed. So next week, yeah, something exciting. There is something exciting Ooh. next week. <laughs> <laughs> What's coming up for us? <laughs> so we will have reached our two-year anniversary <gasps> of Jordi Lass and Doc Sass. Sass. Oh yeah, I cannot believe it. Can you? Oh, like not at all. <laughs> it's so wonderful. It's just madness, madness. It is. When we sat down and said, let's let's do a podcast about relationships, we had a list of about five things to talk about. And then we kind of expanded the list a little bit and yeah. the list just keeps growing and growing. It's so, like a perpetual fountain yeah. Yeah. of interesting stuff in yeah. relationship. Yeah. We still haven't met each other in person, just to say. No, I know. <laughs> It's got to be done at some point. Got to be done. Got to be done. Maybe, um, maybe we can aim for that a year three anniversary. Ooh, <laughs> that is a good idea. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when uh, we get picked up by like the, I don't know Spotify or something like that, um, yes. become the I don't know the the female answer to Joe Rogan. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and we get uh, yeah, we just uh, um, and we finally meet each other. That'd be really awesome. But yeah, apparently, we, and we've had no expectations of the podcast. We're like, let's just keep showing up every week and doing it. We don't yeah. know where it's going to lead. And yeah. apparently sometimes if you just get up every morning in the pursuit of a dream, something happens. So, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's been a good ride. So, so yes, ne that's so, next so, yeah. week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so next week. So we are going to do a slightly different episode next week. So we will um, we'll keep you hanging and in suspense <gasps> oh. for a little bit. But um, yeah, it will not be our usual format next week. So, but it will be racy. It will be good. It's gonna be good fun. <laughs> it's gonna be so, good fun. Yeah. So we look yep. forward to sharing that with you. And yep. um, thank you for all the listeners, especially those that have been there right from the beginning. Oh hell and yeah, you've girls! Listened to every episode and um, championed us and supported us. You've spread the word and shared it with others. So thank you. Thank it, you. Um, makes mm -hmm. us very happy. Yeah. In two years, we've done it. Oh, we've totally done it. We're still here. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Crossed over a pandemic. We mm, can do anything. We did. We yep. did indeed. Ride with us, folks. We'll just. Yeah. There's always a brand new day. There's always something interesting around the corner. Yeah. 
most certainly is so um get yourself prepped for next week and um yeah (laughs) till next time till next time so that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.